Welcome back to the SEMA show. I'm in my car again. This time it's parked in my driveway. The family is inside. One daughter is in her room (sighs) on a screen, probably talking to her friend, hanging out with her bunnies. I told her about the podcast and she listened to it and then she said, you didn't mention that you had bunnies. And that's because the bunnies don't make any noise. I was talking about the things that make noise and make me have to do my podcast in my car. The other child is eating lasagna for the second time tonight. She had an early dinner of lasagna. Now she's having a late meal. It's 9.15 p.m. The spouse is on the couch watching something in Italian. Very loud. Very loud. So I'm in my car. I'm thinking about PSAs from the 1970s and 80s. Does anybody remember the, it's 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? And it's like, like famous people would present it. Like suddenly it would be Andy Warhol being like, it's 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? Like petting a cat. And there was Grace Jones. Maybe she was petting a cat. I can envision both of them petting cats and asking the various parents of the 70s and 80s, at least in New York City, that's where these PSAs were happening in my world, whether they knew where their children were at 10 p.m. (laughs) I showed those PSAs to my undergrads here at UC Berkeley, and I asked them, why do you think uh, they had to have those PSAs or thought they had to have those PSAs in the 70s and 80s? And they were like, because all the parents were on drugs? (laughs) kind of right. I want to say something about the quality of this podcast. So when I do the dance podcast, I like edit out the weird sounds and the, and all the various long silences like that one, but I'm not doing that for this. I'm just getting in my car whenever I can in my little sound booth, saying what I need to say, and then moving on. I don't have anything prepared. It's not always going to be interesting to me. Uh, so I can only imagine if you're listening, what you're thinking right now. But my point before about the BSAs is that I am one of those helicoptery parents. I know where my children are pretty much at all times. Uh, they also are not, well, the older one is not really designed to freak me out about where she is. Whereas I am a little bit concerned about the eight-year-old who... And if you know me and you're listening to this because you know me and you're being nice, uh, you know this story. When we were watching Ocean's 8 and Sandra Bullock, right before the ladies pull off the heist, says to her crew, you're not doing this for me. You're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this for that eight-year-old girl who dreams of being a criminal. And my eight-year-old turned to me and said, like me, they're talking about me. I dream of being a criminal. So we're concerned. She was on the phone with a new friend from camp. And when I told her to get off, she said, sorry, I have to go. My mom's being a jerk, which is just hostile. And so I um, had to take her tablet away for another week. It's really the only thing that she responds to. And barely that, to be honest. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, I talked to a therapist today. She was like an interim therapist that I got after my 
therapist of 22 years suddenly went into retirement. So I went on a walk and I talked to this therapist. But the truth is, uh, I don't want to do talk therapy. This is going to be the version of the therapy. Because like in talk therapy, you know, the therapist doesn't really say much. At least in the kinds of therapies I've done. And so nobody's saying anything. It's like when I walk, uh, walk my dog. I talk to my dog. And he's an amazing listener. And he doesn't judge. He doesn't say anything. So same thing with this podcast. In fact, a good friend who's going to listen to this, who I love, you know, I love you, actually gave me some feedback on the first episode. And I was like, realized, I mean, I, I asked for it and I accepted it, but I realized I don't want feedback on this or I shouldn't say that. I want people to follow and to review positively. I want people to pick out only the good stuff. Like for example, in the Liz Lerman critical response method, so here comes some of that dance background. Um, you're supposed to, when you're giving feedback to an artist who's showing work in progress, you're supposed to affirm things that you liked first, or not even affirm, not even say you like them. You're just supposed to point out things you remember. Like if you were doing that for this podcast, you'd be like, I remember when you told the story of Ocean's 8. <laughs> and your daughter wanting to grow up to be a criminal. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that stuck. That resonated. Cool. Um, but then when you get to the part where you might, if the artist says it's okay to offer certain kinds of more critical feedback, you're supposed to... So she gives an example uh, of cake, like you're judging someone's cake. And so rather than saying, why is your cake so dry? And that's how you would say it. That's the tone you would say it, right? Why is your cake so dry? Which would put off any baker. I'd be like, damn. Uh, instead, you're supposed to say, uh, what, what, something like, what were you going with in terms of texture <laughs> of your cake? Because the baker might be like, I was going for, you know, dust. I was going for dusty, sandy granules in your mouth. And if that's what the cake was, then they hit it. They nailed it. They nailed the cake. It was supposed to taste like dust or feel like dirt in your mouth. Right? So you're not going to assume that there's something, if there's something you don't like, uh, that uh, that matters to anyone. And uh, one thing that was interesting that my pal said was that sometimes I sounded less like myself, like a less authentic version of myself. And that's funny because um, I'm sitting here in the dark, in my driveway, and I can hear myself sounding, I don't know, like all the types of myself, all this, all the types of SEMA. There's so many versions. I mean, I like internal family systems. Yeah, that's what it's called. Internal family systems therapy, which is a model of therapy that where you talk about your parts, like you're made up of all these different parts and you can name them. Like I have a Judge Judy, very strong. And then there's like, I don't know, Yakety Yenta or, uh, I don't know. I can't even remember half the parts. I have so many parts. I'll think of them. I'll talk about them another time. But there's all these parts of yourself and like some of them are trying to protect you and some of them are exiled and really wounded and traumatized and you get to know these parts of yourself and and uh, that helps you, you know, make it through the day. Allegedly, according to Richard Schwartz. Richard Schwartz. Check out Richard Schwartz and uh, Internal Family Systems Therapy. I'm having trouble saying the word Schwartz, which is problematic because that's my mother's maiden name. Okay, don't forget, don't tell my parents about this podcast, and I will be back maybe even tomorrow. <laughs>